What's up, everybody? I'm Becca Scott. I'm known for being a reporter on Magic the Gathering, the host of the show How to Play and Game the Game on Geek and Sundry. Uh, and I'm a Twitch streamer and an actor and a podcaster myself. And you are listening to Nerd On. <laughs> Nerd On. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve, and where all levels of nerd are welcome. Uh, Before we get into this show, we are going to introduce the host. My name is Josh. And I am your your, uh, sexy Tom. I don't know. I was trying to think of something smart, but I'm just Tom. And I'm going (laughs) to accept that and just say that I'm Caitlin. Sup, I'm Corey. I'm the loud boy, rude boy on the lot. How you doing? Yeah. Welcome to our show. So that's how it used to be. That's how it used to be. Welcome uh, to my office. <laughs> oh, nice. Welcome to Cribs' this world. The magic happens. <laughs> that is an autographed John Carpenter anthology album. Thank that's, you very much. That's pretty amazing. picture. Um, and this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the Nerdon Nation that is powered by Patreon. Patreon. As a member of the Nerdon Nation, you do get Fun perks like uh, early access to these episodes or bonus extra episodes from all of our podcasts. You get uh, secret access to secret channels on our secret so Discord. Secret. <laughs> I just want to say secret. Marvel Secret um, Wars. But uh, yeah, check that out. It does allow us <laughs> to grow and be better. Uh, this time in in life is is a lot of fun for content creators and having the Nerd on Nation. Uh, along for the ride has been super dope and uh we love you we love you guys so do we consider do. joining nerdon.io backslash patreon and that discord is nerdon.io backslash discord and a big big shout out to our partners apogee electronics who provided us with these hype mics the ultimate podcasting oh, microphone uh yeah, super it, they're just really oh, great microphones great. um great. It all of, all of a sudden became Nerd On, the ASMR podcast. Well, I'm just repeating what you're saying in I mean, whispery, sexy voice. I mean, we could 100% do that. Yeah. It <laughs> might change the context a little bit. But also, uh, Odyssey headphones. Uh, we have the LCD ones. Quite comfortable. Quite yummy. You know what we say here? If your ears were mouths, they'd taste like butter. Exactly. Um, yeah. But That's that- a quote. <laughs> Caleb's like... Yeah, we did say yeah. that. <laughs> I really hope one day they put it on their yeah. site. Like, <laughs> I need to on. tell. I need to just tell him. <laughs> yeah, I would. Like, cry. hey, we came up with our new endorsement. <laughs> I would cry, and whoever is in marketing should get fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that would be me on that one. <laughs> okay, so that has been the housekeeping. Now, today we have a very special episode. A very special guest. We our do. guest today has boldly gone to places. That we only dream to. You know her from hosting the DIY series How To with Becca, the Star Trek Rewatch podcast. Rewatch? To boldly watch. <laughs> and the Geek and Sundry board game breakdown shows Game the Game and How to Play and tons more. Nerd on fam. Magic the Gathering. That's true. Magic the Gathering. Please welcome a big, huge, warm welcome to Becca Scott. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. This is so much fun. Um, how has it been in, in shutdown? How has this been for you? 
Oh, I am thriving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I live for. No, uh, I mean, it's it's awful out there and it super, super sucks. Uh, and, you know, I'm definitely concerned about the world. For me personally, I like to sit inside and play video games. And, you know, this this is this is kind of working for me. Yeah, I was going to say you were joking a little bit. But for me, this has been like, I'm this, digging this. I get yeah. some extra time with the wife. I, I get to play some games. about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Quality, quality relationship building time. Exactly. He's an extrovert. So now he can't leave. I've got him trapped. <laughs> yeah. Got really him. big on that. Uh, and then our, in the cage. My best friend in the world lives with us, too. So like oh, I nice. have all the humans I need and a dog and humans on the Internet that I love. Um, yeah, you go. so you're rocking you, the you got everything you need. You just built a, a dome for yourself. Now is your time <laughs> yeah. to rise. How has um, how has this? Wait, like... can we just change the topic of this podcast to biodome? Yes, <laughs> biodome too. Let me know, Polly Shore. What up? Um, but oh, how wow. has this workflow been for you in terms of content creation? Like, has it changed? I imagine it's changed it a ton. Like, no going to studios, so you've had to basically like us. We've had to adapt of like this space. <laughs> totally. Uh, I was doing a lot of travel the past few years for, um, I've done a lot of stuff with Games Workshop that makes Warhammer. Um, mm-hmm. Not going to the UK anymore. And um, and then traveling around for Magic the Gathering tournaments in the past year has been incredible. And I've gotten very obsessed with watching pro-level Magic, which there is a pro, uh, a player's tour now is what they're called happening right now. So, you know, Ooh. this is, uh, you should be very complimented that I'm uh, <laughs> taking, taking an hour off of that. Um, but yeah, it definitely was an adjustment. And I am in the process of building up um, board game tutorials on my own YouTube channel. Nice. And so that was going to be a thing where I had all these plans for shooting in the studio and getting friends together to play <laughs> games. And I'm like, 2020 baby hold on what can i shoot in my living room what can i shoot in my little streaming room um and then that thing that you know people who work from home and freelancers deal with that i'm sure you guys all deal with which is uh there's no clocking out hour so you really have to teach yourself this is so important to not uh overload yourself because you can work all night long and especially when the first couple weeks happen i was just you know, 11 p.m. still sitting at the computer, having not moved since 7 a.m. Oh yeah. You know, doing all the, the best of your time. and all to the things. Do. Yeah, trying to get yeah, it all so done. Yeah, so you really, yeah, you got to make time to step outside. You got to make time to do Eat. your breathing. Yeah, eating, definitely eating guilty of that. Eating, drinking yeah. water. And it's really, it's really hard to not doing like working meals where you're just like doing your lunch and doing work at the same time, and then you know you're not really spending yeah. that time for yourself. I think that's kind totally. of just But I think normal. something that everyone that maybe never thought about mindfulness before is starting to do is like, okay, how can I structure a little more meditation into my day in a way that <laughs> you didn't even have time for it before? You were too busy in your morning commute or whatever it is. And now we've mm-hmm. all realized like, oh, maybe I need some sort of tool to grasp onto to cope. Yeah, I, maybe I, I should focus on self-health a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I started doing it like so I could get my meditation in. I started doing it like right in the morning like it's the first thing that i do so i don't get into work or anything like that and i have to be like don't turn on the computer don't look at the phone just do this thing and then you can get into it (laughs) yeah Yeah, totally don't start the day with doom scrolling which is you know maybe 2020 merriam webster edition (laughs) (laughs) do you do you have like a pretty standard routine at this point or is it just like 
the freelance life where it's like you never know what any week is going to be. And so it kind of shifts a little bit. Um, I have a very strict schedule. Really? Uh, Mondays I film how to play. It's Tuesdays I stream. Wednesdays I record my podcast. Thursdays I stream for Geek and Sundry. Fridays I stream for myself. And then Saturdays I, I've started a, a tabletop board gaming stream. So hey. that's it. And then there are sometimes curveballs of like new opportunities that come in mm-hmm. and I have to try and fit them around all those other things. So people yep. are like, hey, when can we have a Zoom and hang out? I'm like, I really... I'm not there. Three weeks? You just <laughs> laugh hysterically. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You might actually be more busy now than you were before. You would think so based on what I just told you. But <laughs> okay, no, this is me slowing down. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. There's no travel involved is the thing. Fair. I don't know if you guys are based in LA. We yep. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the car time, yeah. the car time is real. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't still, know if it's going to take driving. you 30 minutes to get somewhere or two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm, st- I'm, I'm still driving right now and I have to, I deliver hard drives for different studios and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, the traffic is kind of similar to how it was because, you know, you know, people just want to go outside. Work. Yeah. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. semi-open. Semi, it's, uh, it's a wild time. Semi-open. I want to. I want to ask you a quick question here. You talked yeah. about Magic: The Gathering a little bit uh, at the opening there. I'm a huge fan of Magic: The Gathering. Huge fan of your your stream he, and your he's coverage. Our cult leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not quite as good as most most people I, I'm friends with. But, but he's really love the good. Game. Uh, <laughs> love your work on it. Your coverage of of the tours and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to kind of scroll back here and see. How uh, when what got you into Magic: The Gathering in the beginning? Do you remember what set it was like? Well, how did that how did that blossom? Oh, what was right before Ravnica? I'm totally blanking. Uh, I have not been playing long at all. I started with Arena, with the beta for Arena. Oh, and nice. honestly, I was always intimidated by magic, very aware of it. Um so it'd been like Ixalan or something like that. Ixalan, yeah, Ixalan yeah. uh was when I started. Um because it's such, I, I just knew there's 25 years of history there and I, I, I don't want to get into it and not know enough, you know? Right. Um, yeah. but I want to say people shouldn't have that fear. There's so many different formats, so many different ways to play. You can hop in at any time. You can play standard, you can play commander, you can play, you know, brawl on arena or now jumpstart or there's oh, yeah. so many different options for whatever format you find the most fun or you have the most experience for. Um, and for me, I'm just sticking with standard right now, but you know, I feel like as the cards move backwards in time, then I'll probably get more into, you know, like cube drafts and, and more vintage and legacy type stuff. Um, but I'm still very new at magic, but also very obsessed. So my, (laughs) my trivia knowledge of older cards is really lacking, but, um, so, you know, I don't, I don't have all the nerd cred when it comes to magic. I just, I just love it very much. And I love seeing the skill level of these well, pros is And the nice thing about incredible. Arena, the nice thing about Arena is it's so approachable. I've been able to like get friends who I've been trying to get on Magic for like years <laughs> to finally <laughs> yep, jump in. Josh. Josh is one of them. <laughs> to finally like jump in and start experimenting. Uh, and it sounds kind of like that's that's was like the doorway for you. It was like, okay, this is approachable. It's a game I can get into. It's accessible. Uh, I do have to ask, do you have a favorite? So standard is your favorite format. Do you have like drafting, constructed? Do you have a preference on... I like to play limited. Do you do a seal or uh, a booster draft when a new set comes out? Cause I think mm-hmm. that's a good way to get a handle on cards. And of course the reason why, like that's what, how I'd like to play if I were playing paper with friends is because, uh, you know, back 
if that ever happens again, right. um, is because it's such a leveler, you know, you don't have to have the fancy cards, but mm. I'm, I'm a real net decker. I wish I could say I'm a deck builder, but I'm kind of like, oh, that is such a cool thing. I want to try that. And I want to try that. And I want to try that. So I, I like to copy and paste. Yeah. I mean, that's a good um, way to learn how to make your own decks as well, though. Yeah, I would argue. Right. See what works. And you still have to tweak and you have to sideboard mm-hmm. if you're playing best of three. Um, but limited, I think, is is the best way for me to grow as a player um, instead of just learning like, OK, well, this is what this deck is supposed to do. And in this situation, I memorize that I'm supposed to oh, right, right, right. do a shark yeah. typhoon and cycle it for three and then block, you know. I, I totally understand. I'm I'm awful at drafts. I try. I try every set. You try getting all of us to do it like with a full actual booster. I bought a box when we could actually be in person and we tried to draft. I'm just, it's not my skill set. So I'm very impressed with, with the, I've watched your stream a few times and just very impressed with how well you've done. I have to ask. Well, I'm very complimented that <laughs> you were impressed by my stream. I feel like there's a lot of me being like, no, you stupid, you stupid. <laughs> I've done way worse. I promise. Uh, I have the last question on the magic front here before I hand the mic off to someone else. Favorite colors to run in a deck. Do you well, have a preference? You know, even for you guys that have only had a little taste of magic, you probably know you hate blue. Yes. Um, and I hate to say that the deck that's the most fun right now is Teamer Reclamation, which is yeah. blue, green, red. And I have so much fun playing it. Like everybody hates a blue player, but when you're the one that can just say nope to somebody's yeah. spell and it that's works and worst. you had the mana up and they have no it. answer, it, it's the worst when it happens to you, but it's the best when it's you do it to feeling. somebody else. I'm a- I'm a blue like white all day. Into a blue player. When, yeah. when it happens welcome to, you, to the dark side, no. welcome. <laughs> when it happens to you, it feels like the game is broken. It feels like how this is cheating. This is cheating. <laughs> like I've said this so many times. I've like, like you're cheating. This is this shouldn't happen. This shouldn't be allowed. To happen. This I'll is be, a crime. I'll, I'll be the first to admit though, Tom. You've I have a problem. I like legitimately have a like my buddy Kyle. I play with has legitimately told me he's like I challenge you to not put blue in your decks when you build a deck. And I'm like I will try. I promise. And no promises, <laughs> but I will try. Uh, but the I, thing I respect about that. blue is it requires great restraint. So it speaks well of your intelligence, I would say. Mm-hmm. I'm a very impulsive. Like me as a color, I'm red all the way. I mean, right. not just the hair dye. Uh, I mean, the real <laughs> hair, the real hair color. Because uh, right. if I were to cosplay, it would be a Chandra, the planeswalker. Um, but uh, I, I think that my nature is to be impulsive and to burn face. Uh, but it takes such restraint for me to play blue. So I feel like it helps me to grow. As well, a per- I think you got the blue, green, red kind of balances that out pretty well. So there, there you, you go. go. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. I was very two, excited. Two very excited to hear you, you know, player. T- you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little same brain going on. What's going mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, I think Virgo's an earth sun. We're Pisces Virgos. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Um, so like going, like keeping with the tabletop nature of this, I'm, I've always been curious because I've, I've been a fan of yours for a while and watching your there's been times that we've done streams of board games and we're like, we've never played this, but I found a Becca Scott video that teaches me how to play it. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're going to do. So I've always Teach been your heart out, Rodney Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I really love Rodney Smith. <laughs> Cash the check. Uh, so I've always <laughs> I've always been curious, like learning a new board game can be daunting. What is your process of learning a game and then figuring out a way to explain it to make it more accessible to a wider audience. Like I imagine that there's a process because some games are like, Oh, here are five boxes. This is one game. So we usually, we usually have it where, Oh, go ahead. Oh, Tom, no, you, 
Uh, I've well, been talking it, a lot. It's your podcast. <laughs> no, 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 you are our guest. This is a rarefied air because of you. So, uh, I mean, uh, we, we usually done it was like, okay, you set it up, you read the instructions, and then someone else just like opens all the packages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Becomes well, a three-man that, job. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it's definitely a thing. You never want to invite your friends over to play a game you haven't played without having read through it the night before. Because mm-hmm. uh, then you're like, stop talking. I got focus. Um, <laughs> I think what it comes yep. down to is when you've played enough games, even if it's a really, really novel game, it's still borrowing concepts, you know, like in movies or in script writing or whatever. There's only what five different stories mm-hmm. um it's the same thing with board game mechanics so i think that um the way that i've gotten really fast at learning them is sort of skimming it and saying oh okay it's carcassonne meets mm-hmm. clank or whatever um got it you know it is the mashup of these mechanics and then i'll do this thing where i'll like jump and think i know the rules and then i'm wrong because they just want to twist it up so <laughs> Uh, I think having like having something that is the touchstone that you're like, oh, okay, I know roughly how this is going to work. And then reading through carefully to see if you assumed it was one way and it is another. Um, but the nuances, I think the more, the more you read, the more you get an idea of what, what are the possible switching out of mechanics that can be there? Right. The I mean, the amount like, of times I've told Tom it. during another game where he's like, how does this card thing work? And I'm like, it's scry two basically. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's, it's the lingua franca of like games yeah. where it's like, you yeah, just, tap it, just tap it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, this is a standby phase. Like, oh, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. I think because it's like you're saying like knowledge, you know, the more knowledge you get, the, the more you'll just like start picking up clues and hints on other things but then all know where you get a subversion um i want to uh like Corey said we uh write and create and develop uh narrative series stuffs um but um i want to talk a little bit about your um on screen as well as acting and performance and everything that's good about that you've been been in a lot of things um you know from a degree in theater performance and working with acting coach gregory berger Am I saying that right? Uh, the Berg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also taking an advanced class at UCB. You are no stranger yeah. from different uh, capabilities and capacities being in front and behind the camera. So what have Uh-oh, been... Oh, what bio did you find? that oh. I, I probably wrote that. Uh, oh, oh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 I do a lot of scrubbing. I do a lot of scrubbing for the end. <laughs> but what has been Good. some of the cool lessons that you've learned outside of acting? from having to develop everything you've developed? Listening. Listening is the most important thing in acting and improv and podcasting and uh, talking to other humans. <laughs> and it's hard to do. We're always waiting to speak, you know? Hmm. So I think really you know, the Dalai Lama is probably best at it, at actually <laughs> just not trying to cut in, just He's waiting. He's not too bad. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So strive to be the Dalai Lama. Um, nice. and gonna, to listen like <laughs> with your whole body. And that's, that's a thing that, um, is really big. So I, I've sort of moved, you know, a lot towards hosting and my acting work. I'm, I'm pursuing auditioning less because auditioning sucks. It's like interviewing for jobs over and over. And I, I'd rather just, you know, wait till my friends ask me to be in their projects. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, um, there you go. much easier method for sure. Yeah. That's my favorite way to act. And, and then, um, 
haven't been since February, but uh, acting class is just like a special place where I get to flex that muscle and I get to do Shakespeare and I get to do, you know, whatever movie script I love and, and really just go for it. And I'm not doing it for any reason. And I'm, there's no pressure to be good or to like, you know, reach for this dream. I'm living the dream by getting to talk about nerdy stuff all day. And so acting is just, you know, it was the reason I moved to LA and I still really love to act, but I I think that that's always just going to be like my passion. And Hey, you know, I'm not saying like, Scorsese, if you want to cast me, no, just kidding. Um, if you want to cast me in your next film, um, yeah. Uh, two time best director winner in my mind, Greta Gerwig. Uh, I just gave her same hometown. Uh, yeah. If you're listening, <laughs> yeah, which she is. She listens. Yeah, no, yeah. So Lady Bird was about your life. It was. I I remember seeing the Saint uh, Saint Francis girls on the bus going to school, and I was like, "That's what Lady Bird's about." Um, oh, very cool. I went to an all girls Catholic high school with a gray wrap around skirt. So, so you would have felt it. You, that was about you as well. It was. It was about me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, I, was gonna, I was gonna say right before all the shutdown, you um, were in a short. Thank you for your consideration. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I, was say, I was like, was that one of your friends as well that brought you into their project, or was that? I actually auditioned for that. Um, friend of a friend. Mm. Uh, and they were looking for somebody and they sent me a script and I said, fine, I'll tape it. Um, and they cast me. So that that was really fun. Yeah, I got to do a little short. It was just me yeah. in a bedroom in their house. It was this couple that had written a script um, and uh, they wrote it while they had to do a long distance relationship because Caitlin uh, Caitlin and Mitchell, uh, Caitlin was Hi. across the country on the East coast and she was, um, getting her master's, I believe. And so they kind of like, she's not a writer. He is, but they wanted to do something they could do together. That was a project that would keep them close oh, while being so physically easy. far away. Yeah. So, and she had a crazy roommate when she was there. So it's basically about this like crazy type A manic <laughs> roommate. And oh. I identify with all of those traits. I, was say, I, was like, <laughs> I identified with that entire short. I was like, Oh my God. But, but you went through the entire emotional arc, which was, you know, it's a, it's a one person show. Um, it's all in one location. So there's a lot of wonderful creativeness to it. And so it's funny, you know, you, you were saying like how you kind of transitioned more into hosting, but you know, it's without a doubt that, you know, the acting is still within your blood. So. Well, that's all. I mean, I really love the acting school I started going to. And I'm just going to talk about my guru right now. Oh. Uh, Gregory Berger Sobeck. I think he dropped the Sobeck. Gregory Berger. He is uh, the acting coach for Riz Ahmed and Lupita Nyong'o. And oh, has wow. worked with those two actors. And um, Winston. Ooh, Winston. Winston. Oh, uh, from Black Panther, right? From Black Panther yeah. and us. Um Winston, Winston. Uh, And he loves to talk about those actors. And like his process is really incredible um, with really just breaking down, like get out of your fucking head. It's it's so Mm -hmm. much about affecting the other person and and doing it physically and needing to like, if half the time casting directors put it on mute and everything should be, you, you should be able to convey an entire story with your physical subtext, you know, we're never mm-hmm. actually saying, unless you're doing Shakespeare, which has no subtext, it's just beautiful language Text. explaining exactly what oh, you're yeah. feeling. Um, that's the exception. But most of the time, everything that you're doing and conveying is done with your body and your face. And so that's why I don't want to go to acting class over Zoom. And so I've just it's been really hard. Not, um, not the same. Yeah. 
Not yeah. the same. But um, I have I have been working harder than ever and growing more than ever with uh, a teacher that I really love. And I think it's important to have that sort of community where you feel safe and you're um, just starting to break down that. For me, it's a need to be perfect. That is the greatest thing getting in my way as an actor, you know, not wanting to do it right. And there is no right. The most interesting thing to watch is like messy. Yeah. I, yeah. uh, I've been, yeah. I went yeah. to, I went to college for acting and that's why I moved to LA as well. And I've been missing it so much that I, I haven't told you guys, but I signed up for an acting class. Hey. Oh, okay. We're doing, so. it, we're doing it live. Cool. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> but Is it Wolfberg Studios? I was going to say, tell Gregory Berger that, you know, we say hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I did look into Berger. I was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Mm. Anyway. You wouldn't be sorry. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Uh, with, you know, with that, you know, going in from talking about acting and hosting and games, um, there has been like, I don't know if it's a failed sense, but there has been a rise of films based off board games. You know, you've had the the, oh, the yeah. wonderful Battleship. I was the say, best movie oh, about a game. You had Clue. You know, you have Tim Curry <laughs> and Clue, and then even films Legit, like about maybe. board games. So you have Game Night with uh, Corey's other wife, Rachel McAdams. Mm. Um, but uh, what do you think? I want to take get your thoughts because you're one. Um, you know, you're, you're uh, uh, infinite well of knowledge of board games. So what do you think what board games should get the Hollywood treatment? Ooh. Well, uh, it's funny that you mentioned the only two good board game movies ever made. <laughs> and it is a very untapped market. There's, you know, so many graphic novels turned into films and novels turned into films. And there's really great stories in some rule books that uh, are finally being tapped on. I know that uh, Jerry Hawthorne, who's with Plaid Hat Games and created Mice and Mystics, mm. I've, I heard that that was announced. Um, maybe DreamWorks was doing something with that. Oh. Um, who knows, post-pandemic. And it, it okay. may have been, um, it's about mice on basically a, a dungeon crawl. That's awesome. So, so um, that could be a really fun one. But I would love to see more crossover and I would love to be in it. Hello, mm -hmm. producers, yeah. <laughs> you listening? Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, excited, excited to see uh, if that comes about, but let's see other, other games that are really character specific. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I've always wanted that... to see Mansions of Madness, like Arkham Horror type, Ooh, uh, HP yes, Lovecraft type movie. Super solid yes. characters like Ashcan Pete, the guy with the guitar and the dog. You got Nick <laughs> with the two pistols. Like it could be, it's about this mansion that completely changes every time you play. Uh, I think it could be a great movie. Corey, you nailed it. <laughs> and that's just Scream's franchise, you know, same right? house, <laughs> different, different uh, cast. Yeah, I love that. I've been getting it really into Call of Cthulhu, the mm. RPG lately. Yeah, uh, I've been guesting on a stream, and then I went and I bought the book, and then I bought like a starter kit, and I bought. <laughs> <laughs> so you're actually gonna have the madness, and then it's gonna be a whole sunken city. I think it's gonna show up. Start so getting the madness. <laughs> yes, start. <laughs> um, so I, I have to ask, as a fellow uh, Harry Potter tattoo owner, what? <gasps> <laughs> no, <not> <laughs> what is your favorite uh harry potter book and movie because they can be different ah well, azkaban's the best movie right Bam! Yes. sorry yes it is yes it is, yes, it is. We, um, because 
because was Lupin's it Alfonso in it. Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. yeah. Alfonso Cuaron knows Roma. how to you, know, you, you got to nerd out about the good director that maybe had never read Harry Potter, but was like, I have an idea for this film. Circles. <laughs> he read it. He read it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, beautifully done. Uh, just rewatched not too long ago. And then favorite book. Oh, I'd have to say uh, the last one, Deathly Hall. Deathly Hallows is the last Deathly one. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it's just such an epic, you know. When you got to split it into two movies that are <laughs> so one no, of those, like, <laughs> do you even have to watch the first one because it's they're saving all the good stuff for the second movie? Um, but I don't know. I I think I love Harry Potter so much, uh, despite um, J.K. Rowling's uh, turfiness. Um, yeah, yeah, um, that's unfortunate. Um, but you know we can separate R.I.P. Separate our, the things, <laughs> the IP we love. Um, I think so. I started re-listening to all the books on audiobook because um, it had been a while, and I was going to a LARP in a mm, castle nice. in Poland that was College of Wizardry themed, so it could remain uh, not infringing upon IP. But we all knew, we all knew what it was. <laughs> And um, I realized that there's a lot uh, that gets more mature about the way that she writes about magic as the books go on. Mm -hmm. But uh, even even at the end, there's this sense that magic can come from nowhere where um, so my my obsession, uh, my later obsession in in the realm of fantasy writing is the Dresden Files. Uh, Yeah. Nice. Just made me realize I need Mm. to get a Dresden Files tattoo. Mm. But <laughs> you're welcome. That solid uh, series. <laughs> and um, what I really like, so many things about the Dresden Files are amazing. The protagonist, Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden, uh, his his retinue, his posse um, that always has his back. But um, I like the system of magic that uh, draws on, you know, your physical life energy or mm-hmm. nature, like you're drawing from the energy of the earth. It's, it's or, a better hard magic system. Yeah, I like hard magic systems. Yeah. That's, they have rules. that's the terminology. And, they, and then you can subvert them instead of being it like is, I mean, as much as magic can be in those series, it's like it almost feels grounded, which I which I which is why like Unbreakable is one of my favorite superhero films because it's it's this like that could happen. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah. You've explained it in a way that makes sense to me in the real world. <laughs> uh and that's I love the, that. It's it's a big sell for me. It, it's funny. Yeah. We, uh, I actually wrote down a question saying, you know, before the shutdown, you'd spend hours listening to audiobooks of the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. Um, I have a very good friend who uh, he, you know, if 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 you are to magic, he is to the Dresden Files to me, trying to get me to read these. Um, and so uh, I, I said, like, hey man, we'll be talking to Becca Scott, and then he said, ask if what would be your favorite book, and then your favorite side character. Oh. Side character, like from a side quest, because uh, you know, yeah. um, oh, what's Bigfoot River? River. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a Bigfoot type character, and his name is River Shoulders. There okay. it is. There it um, is. My, well, you know, I like that. That uh, just translate to wide shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite book is probably Changes. Why? And I want to say. Because uh, everything changes. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. All right, there you go. That's fair, fair enough. Title and description changes. Changes. There it is. Um, I like ghost story quite a bit. Uh, you know, spoilers. He dies and is a ghost. Uh, <gasps> but don't worry. Uh, there are more books afterwards. So maybe he doesn't stay mm. a ghost. I mean, we'll see. Um, 
Uh, that's really fun. I, I just think Jim Butcher is a magician. And uh, he just came out with a new book called Peace Talks, which I listened to the audiobook in like two days. And then you restreamed um, it. <laughs> I, yeah. And then I read a couple chapters aloud to my Twitch stream because I thought, you know what, let's just do something different. Um, and then I was disappointed when I got to the end because it was a Deathly Hallow situation where this book is it's the first time he split the the conflict the main arc of the story into two books he was just like oh i i think i wrote too much for one book so <laughs> we got another oh, release in no. september so i didn't really know that going into it and i was like wait what but we're not gonna but then and then there's the <sighs> but, um but james marsters is also is soothing. mouse 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 james marsters is a yeah so mouse is his um big big temple food dog and uh, a temple dog, I think, has a human soul um, and can understand and communicate as a very intelligent being, like basically a demigod type being nice. that is uh, a protector for mm -hmm. him and his daughter. And um, sorry if you're very on in the series and you don't know he has a daughter or gets a temple food dog. <laughs> but, Spoilers. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or you think he's just a regular dog. <laughs> no, we, uh, I, well, I, I mean, you know, obviously, again, we, we uh, you know, we call it research, call it stocking. We did a lot of research to try to figure out, you know, what things that you could talk about that you sometimes may not get a chance to talk about. Um, but I did want to You guys are checking all the boxes. Good, good, <laughs> good, good. Because there's I one guess. last thing before we get into the second part of the show. Um, you once played Blue in Beirut, a play about a plague and mm -hmm. quarantined population. Although that was a metaphor for HIV, how do you foresee um, in terms of the future content being made about this current quarantine population oh god <laughs> that play is i'm getting chills and i might cry just thinking about it because um it was one of the last things i did before moving to la from uh, kansas city is where i grew up Shout i went out. to school yeah what up casey <laughs> and um Beirut, like it's very hard to find this play um but i worked with this little theater that I think they just closed last year called the living room and they had like this three-story warehouse and the seating would change for any particular production. And it was made up of like just um, recovered old armchairs and couches <laughs> and stuff. So that's why it was called the living room. And they put on these incredible productions. And this one was a, a thrust stage, three sides of seating. And it's nice. just a two-hander. There's two people in the play. And it, I really, I grew as an actor in a way that I, um, did did not in doing college plays of like and now I stand here and say the lines it was like the first time where I really felt like I was telling a story with my whole body and it helped that I was in my underwear for 90 percent of that play nice. um you know that's what <laughs> fills the fills the seats but they stay for the heart um yeah. <laughs> well, I think so, it, so it really just like layer of vulnerability, vulnerability. yeah yep. exactly you get it Caitlin <laughs> she's, she's an it, actor. it really she's does <laughs> Man, we all we all pretend to be po nerdy podcast servers, but really, we're just waiting for our day. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a pop culture nerdiness. Acting is all about understanding people. I mean, that that's what all of it is, really. So, like, it, storytelling is like the prevalent force in all of pop culture. Like, you're just trying to tell a story, and the same holds true with acting. So, there's mm -hmm. there's all these common threads of like, I'm just trying to these communicate overlaps. this story. Yeah. And especially as an actor, like you're just trying to find the depth of how do I communicate the story accurately, and like that—that that is the thing that will change you. 
Well said. Snaps yeah. for that. It's so beautifully said. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Caitlin. It's, it's like she great. had to have the internal monologue with herself about a role or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Hmm. Yeah. More than once. Um, but Who would have thought? The question you asked was, how is content going yeah. to change? And I think people are trying to figure out what to write about a quarantine couple now, the quarantine love story or whatever, which we're going to get a thousand of in the next year. Um or a billion. Um, and I think it, that, that what was really meaningful about Beirut was that the story transcended exactly what it was. It, it was um, taken to its extreme. What would the AIDS crisis be if you like quarantined anybody with this thing? And it, it wasn't just like a thing that you would catch and it would go away. You have it forever. Mm -hmm. And so the play is about me sneaking in to be with the, the guy that I love Um and he's like resisting because he doesn't want me to, you know, throw, give, give my life away for that. Um, right. It was really, really meaningful. And I think that um, it, it's after we step out of the quarantine and we take it to the hyper, hyperbole of like, how does this change the world? Or what are the lessons that we learn about connecting with one another that we can take away? And those will be the meaningful stories. Yeah, I, I have, I've written a feature length film about, things into genre and then now after this I'm like oh god now every, is this going to seem like such a cliche because <laughs> it's it's much more about like human relationships but then now everyone's going to have something in that similar vein because it deals with this like worldwide kind of event so it, well it's, nobody says it with Tom's voice I know right <laughs> you know who's, who'll see I mean it's I, I want to yeah anyways not about me we have the camera Tom I know we'll, we'll do we'll it, make we'll it. Do it. <laughs> I'll call you and I'll say hey this is a favor now and I'm going to ask you to come in um, but uh, transitioning uh, to getting to talk about something that you get your nerd on mm -hmm. about um, what is your favorite movie <laughs> and why is it Groundhog's Day <laughs> <laughs> well, I said this is in my top five, right. but it's one I, I love to talk about because I think it gets forgotten or this Groundhog Day was made in 1993. So, you know, these kids nowadays, they don't know that the <laughs> greatest no fantasy film these was young. disguised as a rom-com. Mm -hmm. It is a, a, a fantasy tragedy, I say. Um, ah, I like this take. Yeah, Bill Murray wakes up in the same day over and over and over. And uh, I, I think it was a scene that was cut out or maybe it was cut out before it was ever shot where um, he goes into a library and reads one page and then he does that every single day until he's read the entire library. And that's, if you take this to its extreme that's how dark this film is. Mm -hmm. What would you do if Whoa. you essentially that does became give it a whole a God. different tone yeah. to the movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, it may just sound like, oh, we got Annie McDowell being charming and Bill, Bill Murray trying to seduce her, but he's stuck in a time loop. Did no. I bet? <laughs> Man, I think someone he, did the math. I forget who it was. Someone did the math, but it was something like 12,000 days, 12,400 days, like eight years. They, he there's was a lot of that YouTube videos for that. Yeah. There's, eight years and six months. What culture's got Love one? It. Yeah. Um, but Harold Ramis said... Would you guys said, want that many? Oh, would you guys want that? Like, what would you do with that time? Does that sound amazing? Or is that what quarantine has been I was going to say, I was like, I I like it's you, really relevant right now. Yeah, I, like, I felt you picked it because of what's going on. And it's like, we're in our own Groundhog's Day. It's like, what have you been doing? But um, I, I, it's tough to say, would you want that? Because eternity is a long, a long time to live in one specific day. Uh, I think it would depend on the day, for sure. 
but if I had unlimited time, I think we, we kind of talked about this before we recorded today. We, we got asked a question by our fans. Would we want like a matrix download, download, learn how to do stuff Would that? If that was real, would you do it? And I said, a hundred percent because my schoolhouse rock days, knowledge is power. Like I would try to learn as many things as I can. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. The one day at a time page. I like that idea. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing about Groundhog's Day world is that if you die, you just come back. Right. So, you know, you don't have the Twilight Zone effect where like all these books and your glasses breaks. And it's like, I had the time, you know, you have <laughs> you have the ability. It's like, I can do it now. It's like, thank right. you for that reference. Yeah, It's like you can actually do things like if you and I mean, I rewatched Groundhog's Day for this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of the quarantine well, or something. Well, then you should learn that there's no S on Groundhog. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Um, oh, but, I love you uh, so much. You just right, got well, so many I'm points I'm out. With Thank me. you guys. But um, no, uh, <laughs> I, I cried like a like a baby, like a little bitch. And I was like, my God, what's happening to me? And um, Emotions, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really touching The story. feels is real, Tom. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's... Um, the feels is real. Like, what what yeah. about it made you cry? Well, or what what scene? I'm I'm a big sap. Uh, I'm I on the show. Uh, my personality is the grumpy asshole guy who hypes it up and dabs like a at least you stupid know. kid. Um, but like I'm on all honesty like a sap for like mm-hmm. for for romance and finding love and happiness and stuff like that and cathartic um understanding of the universe. Um, the way I feel about dad stories in movies, Tom feels about rom coms. Romance, yeah, <laughs> just and crushes so, me. But the thing that I loved about it was—Are you close to your dad? Uh, Total tangent. Sorry, it's a, it's a whole. That's it. Yes, no. I'm very close to my stepdad. Uh, but yeah, I have I, I I those those kind of dad stories crush me, and I feel like Every Tom, time. you feel the same way about well, rom com. The thing Just that like, changed <laughs> it about this film is that it's subverted. Where like you know, it's not the stupid you know, get the girl in the story, blah blah blah, because it's a very easy narrative to follow. But the actual catharsis of the film and the lessons he has to learn is to be a good human being. And so when he has that moment to go back to his ways of getting um, after Rita, then he says, no, I need to take a rain check. And that's when he makes the decision and it's like, well, okay, cool. Like you have truly learned the thesis of the film and not- Don't make me you know. crush. So yeah. it's, it's, I was like- oh Yeah, he asked for the rain check. Yeah. It's like, that was the thing I was like, mm. like, and that's the thing where it's like, the love will find you once you love yourself and love other people. Yeah, I, was, mm-hmm. I think that that's like, that's often a piece of like, being being married that's often a piece of advice that's nice. that it is um it's one of those things that i always try to tell people <laughs> is real. that a relationship isn't like two halves making a whole it's two holes that make this thing and i love that he learned that he he had to yes he was already selfish before but he had to learn true self-care and true self like um Listness. Yeah. In the, yeah, selfless and selfishness at the same time, like bettering himself is what I mean. Well, he so says he it in the scene be, with Rita where he's like, I barely like myself. Like that's that's the thing line. he needs to come to. Great line. Yeah. It's a very true line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easily. And I, uh, I mean, for I'm, me, the, the part that kills me every time watching this movie, since I don't, we're talking about sad things in this comedy, but there are some really, truly heartbreaking. It's not a comedy. <laughs> it's it's just got some funny lines. Uh, yeah. But the the... I feel like his turn starts happening when he starts taking care of the the homeless guy who he calls Pops. Mm-hmm. And oh, no matter what he does, there's no way to save this guy. And I think that's that's that turning point for me every time in that movie. I'm like, oh, okay, so so caring about a guy he calls now. Pops and Dad. Mm. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's a dad story. It's a dad story. Uh, oh, okay. The dad story again, stuck out to you. But that's it. that that point is always the for me, the turning point of the film from kind of like I said, it, from there, it turns from the kind of quirky fantasy comedy to this story about a, a person finding 
who they truly are. And that that montage of taking them to the hospital, taking them to the soup kitchen, all that kind of stuff has always been this point that draws me in. I'm like, okay, I'm in for the rest of this Show movie. Me the chart. I'm, I'm focused. Yeah. Yeah. And as you're saying, it's not just about it's about him becoming the perfect version of himself, which we all want to be, but you kind of don't know how. And yeah. and um speaking of marriage, my husband has been on Shout a kick re- listening to the Bhagavad Gita, like a sacred text of Hinduism. Oh wow. And um it's all about selflessness. He's a real, he's um, a, a very inquisitive mind. I, I was a monk. You don't, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to explain. You don't have to explain. for real? I was, yeah. yeah. I had to shave my eyebrows uh, and my head. It was, it was a whole. You know. I would oh, yeah. like to know more. But I'm fi- uh, Outside. So, <laughs> oh, so that's, that's what he learns in this is that the way to his full holistic, finding his whole self is, is selflessness and mm-hmm. in, in a beautiful way. And so many movies from the 90s and any time before, you know, um, 2019 it are problematic in the way that they treat women and the way that they treat people of color. Now that I think about it, I don't know if any people of color live in Punxsutawney. Um, so that's, uh, still there, but is true to this town probably. Um, but the way that women are treated, uh, Rita is such a strong character Mm -hmm. that, uh, respects herself. And, um, when Bill Murray's character is disrespectful, that's him being the worst person, yeah. the worst version of himself. And, and on his perfect day, there aren't those problematic moments. So that's why this movie really, really stands up, um, passes the time test because uh, it, it, he can do very problematic things, and, and then 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 he's punished. Yeah. Um, over, the slap and montage. over and over again. I the mean, slap montage is amazing. <laughs> uh, so I, good. I mean, we're talking its graces, but if you want to be really reductive about the film, if you think about it, it is a superhero trying to do a perfect run. Mm. Yeah, that's okay. all it is. Yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah, kind of, he's just a speedrunner. It's just a speedrunner yeah. trying to do a perfect run, run and day. saving people. Like <laughs> it's a superhero movie. There's love, death, sex. Uh, it's a wipe. Uh, start the day over. It's so it's so <laughs> yeah. much, I was I was thinking about I was like this is like doing a no race. Save this, points. <laughs> this is like a restart. We got it. I was, it yeah. was very. It was, it was kind of fun watching. Right. It. Do you think he ever killed himself? Just like oh, I messed up. Let me try again. Oh. Versus like the times when he inside his deepest despair, trying to hundred percent kill himself everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, 100%. maybe that's was his like you know. Pre-understanding of what the world was, you know, he would just kill himself because, like, oh, I didn't understand it. But then, after he has learned, like, he needs to better himself by bettering people, he probably just took that lesson. And it's like I have to live with it, and then still learn how to throw cards into a hat, you know, because the le- you still need to learn <laughs> at the end of the day, even if you make a big boo boo, your day's not over yet. Learning how to play piano yeah. was a big inspiration with for the me lesson in that movie every day. I love it. And then yeah. on the final day, his his teacher that's says, my that's stu- my student. <laughs> Which for her, <laughs> like, she started teaching him that day. Obviously, he showed up an expert. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you think he started pretending he was bad at the beginning of the lesson so and just that she could that feel quick. good? Yeah. It, it, it has to be. Because if he has completely changed 180 of like good, bad person, make people feel bad and dumb, then to make people feel good about themselves, he had to have been like, oh, I don't know. you know. Oh, just do it this way and then nails it the first time yeah. for like and two so hours probably says like, you're a really good teacher, you know. Again, mm-hmm. speed running. Speed yeah, exactly. <laughs> speed running. He's just speed running. Skill tree. Uh, Skill tree. Yeah. So um, uh, actually, I had a big like. It was like a mind blow experience realizing uh, that Michael Shannon is the groom of the married couple. Oh yeah, Gen- oh, yeah. General Zod. <laughs> General Zod was in Groundhog Day. I'm just saying. Amazing. Uh, uh, you know my favorite side character. Ooh. Ned Ryerson. Oh, Ned Ryerson. 
<laughs> he he he's so he's such a good he's character. fantastic he's such a good character now, I, that's I a tragic him. character he he tries so hard like the definition of a try hard which uh, you know, I think we all can relate to on a certain level. But oh, he's, I don't yeah. want you to like me. But he's kind of a yeah. dick because he's like, oh, yeah. watch that first step. It's like, okay, man, it's you could have helped me out. You could have, you know. Nothing m- brought me more joy in my life than when he hugged him and is like, where are you going? You, uh, <laughs> you should, you sh- you should come with me. Wherever you're like, going, yeah. I want to go with you. <laughs> and just leaves. Like, but I was like, end, yes, thank you. He bought all the insurance, bought him a cup of coffee. I love it. Steven Tobolowsky is one of those actors who's been in so many things and nails it every time. And mm-hmm. I know this was obviously his like big jumping off point. Like this is the thing that shot him to stardom. Uh, but even his work on on Curb Your Enthusiasm, if you watched that at all, the, his episode is during Passover and it's it's just brilliant. Uh, I, I've got to give a shout out to him because being able to play that energy over and over again. That's another thing that, that caught me about this movie is it must have been really hard to act because you have to oh, yeah. do and say things the same way every scene while Bill Murray is doing different things every scene. Uh, and it kind of slipped onto my mind when I was watching it the other night. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I would hate this. Uh-uh. I'm pretty inconsistent with my acting on screen. And uh, that is hard to do. I, like, I, I thought even about the it slap the- montage too. Yeah, like, I, yeah. They had to be in so many different locations, so many mm-hmm. different times and getting slapped. And I'm sure yeah. that like, you know, you mess things up. Oh, hit me again. All right. Yeah. Or like, you know, when they film these scenes, like the, the, the stairway with the guy who's like, good morning, how you doing? They, I mean, they shot all of that in one day. So not only does Bill Murray have to advance to in one day, he had to advance from brand new to crazy to fine with it all. But this guy had to deliver that line no matter what was happening the same way every day. Uh, any of the ones that lined up, obviously, they have different reactions. But yeah, I think I that's think so impressive. Way, yeah. I think the way Harold Ramis directed it was, okay, Bill, you're on month three. Go. Or wow. like, you know, just told him sort of like, this is day two. Go. And so he knows what level of asshole to bring. And Bill Murray's freaking incredible yeah. because... I mean, actually, as an actor, I think the easy part is doing the exact same thing over and over. The hard part is doing it slightly, slightly differently each different, time. Yeah. Um, but like trying to nail the exact same intonation and movement, that's kind of like the rut you get stuck in is like, OK, let me just do it again. And you know what your body did. And, uh, you know, you do it a couple of times Fair, and then you yeah. do 20 takes and then you're a robot. Um, and then the hard part is breaking free of that and giving it like a little bit um of something different based on what you're receiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody does an incredible job of, yeah. of this. There's this scene where he um, sits next to Annie McDowell and asks, uh, uh, can I buy you a drink? And she wants sweet vermouth with a twist yes. on the yeah. rocks with a twist. What's wrong with you? That's a horrible drink. Um, <laughs> but so he, then he comes back the next day, sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist. Got it. And orders the same drink. And then uh, what should we cheers to? The, the, uh, the groundhog. Oh, I always cheers to world peace. peace. Yeah. <laughs> and then he Start comes over. back and yeah, she calls him out. But she has, I just noticed, you know, I was just watching that thing very closely. Uh, in each one, he'd say something and she'd give this little like eyebrow, like just slight, you know, taken aback mm-hmm. by when he said, oh, the same thing Speaking as her. Me, yeah. But she nailed the same way in what was clearly a different take. And to your point of just, making sure that your eyebrow raise is mm-hmm. the same or your smirk is the same uh, is definitely. Annie McDowell is a gem. Well, I I that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, there, there was one thing about that, you know, with the um, 19th century French uh, poetry. And mm -hmm. when he has to redo that sequence, um, I thought it was really cool in terms of the editing room where they, you know, when he gets it right, they cut to a close up of her. And then they, you know, use the beauty 45 degree angle. And it's like, all right, this is going to be the perfect date day, you know? So, um, you know, there are things like that not. for me. I felt like from a filmmaking standpoint, obviously I'm not an actor. So like I... I'm totally okay with like subject the actors to, you know, this thing, but it's <laughs> oh, like, no, you know, like, Hey, like we're, we're in the same setup, baby. We're going to just shoot the same thing. Just going to retake it. Now this is a different day, this is a different day and do all this stuff. So for me, I was like, this must've been a dream to shoot. Like, it's like, Oh, we're, this is just the same shot, but a different day. And it's like, you can just, you know, possibly reuse a shot well, from like a technical standpoint. Setting up the shots that day, setting up the schedule, shooting locations, all that must've been just like, Oh, now you're done. One setup per day. Exactly. Yeah. Now you're done, yeah. and we don't have to do company. Oh, I moves. made deed some stuff yeah. in my time, so I can I can relate. <laughs> yeah, but then you do feel bad for the actors, like, oh, okay, they're gonna have to go through this again. <laughs> they're gonna have to go through these it's things. Basically, but. like shifting who it's difficult for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then I mean that's, that's the fair. the art where it's like you have to make sure that everyone hates it evenly or loves it evenly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I am now that movie has now changed for me looking at Ned as a tragic character. I gotta go back and rewatch it now because I, I love that idea. Ned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poor Ned. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I think he's still so And Rita. Yeah. Rita is such a beautiful character because the whole thing is let me get the girl. And she's not a girl to be gotten. No. She needs mm -mm. to get to know someone. You have to really, really she has to trust you so completely. And for her, that's not a one day process mm -mm. ever. It's a 12 Until you day are process. a literal god and then she might follow you around. Yeah, maybe. Well, and um, I mean, there's that, a, that day was phenomenal, by the way. I, <laughs> I almost would argue that, like, when he just tells her that he's God, that he builds a better connection with her than he did of just knowing exactly what answers in the dating sim to say, you know, mm -hmm. like him just being truthful and honest about how he feels and what he's going through is what she really need. Oh, and, the moment and, she opens the note and it says the exact words that their uh, camera guy comes in and says, mm -hmm. I love that. It's chills every time. Every time that, that scene comes up, I get chills. Uh, if, Be mm -hmm. Becca, do you have Terrifying. a ultimate, your favorite scene? Um, well, the party scene at the end. Okay. Because okay. that's yeah. the culmination of seeing one group of people he touched after the other and we got married because you talked us out of our cold feet and oh you saved my husband and now you're part of the family and he's playing the music and they're dancing and i think that's where the dating auction is as well yeah, <laughs> yeah of course because that's why they dance uh and it's just the culmination of of living the perfect day and yeah you know, it's isn't that what we're all trying to get is just, just live that perfect day. Yeah. I mean, just coming to terms mm -hmm. with who you are as a person and just being like, cool, this I'm cool with that. This is this is what I have to do. And this is what I do. Uh, yeah. that scene well, and is, also the chase scene where he steals the groundhog and don't drive angry. Yeah. For me, it's don't the drive don't drive for angry. me, it's the timing of uh stealing the cash out of the bank truck. Oh, uh, yeah. is one of my favorite scenes where he's just like dog bark, car. And then counts Wind down, blow. car. <laughs> Perfect. Drop Bill Murray's deadpan <laughs> delivery of that entire scene sells it. I don't think anyone else could do it that well. Uh, but, yeah. but that scene every time, that stuck with me since like the first time my dad showed it to me is that money scene. Every time I think of Groundhog's Day, it's the five, Do you see what four, you did there? Three. Yes. I, my dad. Yeah, no, I get it. I, <laughs> oh, I saw the ass part. I'm a lot of dad stuff happening here today. I got therapy. It's <laughs> kind of the groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but you know, but yeah, I, I think, you know, just in the writing, you know, I think Harold was talking about how when they first wrote it, they started actually in the middle of the film. And it was like the moment oh. where he was like explaining how he's God and stuff like that. And I think it was a studio exec- with voiceover. Yeah, the studio mm-hmm. exec was saying like, you know, the audience will feel cheated and stuff like that. Um, I think it was all on direct uh, the commentary on the DVD. Um, but uh, I thought it was really interesting because the opening sequence of the film is also just, uh, you know, I don't like to throw this word around a lot, but I think it's truly a masterclass or like just the best way to one show a character, two show where the character is going. And three, what the character wants, but not needs. And so like- Your favorite line. It is my favorite line, because that's good character writing. Sorry, um, but- um, Does Save the Cat or <laughs> when you're quoting- Save the Kid? Uh, um, but no, it's, it's, I thought it was just really cool, because like you don't have to do this, where's he from? What's he up to? Blah, blah, blah. You're just like, cool, this is him, how he is, and he's a piece of shit. And obviously he's going to grow from this, or he may not, who knows. But then you'll see him throughout the, the film just grow and change- because of the circumstances he's in. And it's like very, mm. very wonderful. Yeah. I don't know if this was also, I haven't watched the DVD extras, but I heard that um, those shots in the television studio were filmed as pickup shots after they'd shown it to test audiences. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so I'm so glad that's there because they really, they may not have had enough to establish how much we're supposed to hate him yeah. and no. how much... Uh, the other people are a victim of his cruelty. And the so thing is, is, um, I guess it would have just started in the van on the way to the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wow. it, it, like I've always movie. said, like a, a cool, a good way to start narrative is characters going to a place or character coming to a, like entering a place, changing the status quo or leaving your status quo to go somewhere else. So it already gives you this idea of being transported. So like, yeah, it's very much like you're going from A to B and then in B, that's where the character development happens. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's, it's I was like, wow. Wow, this is, this is good. Even though you know, ended a relationship for a little bit. Damn, baby. <laughs> yeah, it could definitely fit the diagram of the perfect screenplay. Yeah. Even though it's just the same day over and over, because his character's journey is so clear. Yeah, you do what's right for the character, and you torture them. You make sure that like they learn the lesson, and it's not without without like contrivance. But it's because the character doesn't want to learn the lesson, and then finally, ultimately, has to like. Oh, I got the thing I wanted, but Stop this is resisting. not the way I got it. Yeah. yeah. I love that him, him learning this lesson was literally him dying over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. physically, right. mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Dying in different ways. Like this literally yeah. killed him like probably hundreds of times mm-hmm. for yeah. him to be like, Stabbed, oh, okay, shot, this is not hit by a train. Burned, There's a line I think he says like, I'll, I don't even know if I exist anymore, which I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. I get it. 2020, Oof. I get it. I get that's, it, guys. That's about the time that I was like, ah, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's so what brilliant. it was? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's you guys know movie. what your perfect final day in the loop would be or have you already Whoa. lived April it? 25th it's not too hot it's not too cold you need a not light sweater <laughs> you need a light sweater okay, all you need is a light jacket <laughs> okay. um no that's uh, a good question that's a hard question to, what, to answer you, uh what's yours Becca because you no I wanted to ask a hard question to you guys and yeah. never answer it myself she's, she's done answering questions oh I'm gonna say my wedding day that's what I was gonna oh. say okay I'll change it yeah because it started with massages couples <sighs> massage in the morning oh 
we got married in Costa Rica oh, and nice. uh, everything was beautiful. Plantains for breakfast oh. and oh, hanging out with our friends in oh. this beautiful villa we rented. And it was, it was pretty, you guys, pretty magical. If you guys ever get remarried, can I come? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny, uh, next summer is our five year. And when we, were there, we said, we're coming back here in five years. This place is amazing. And so we'll see if travel Fingers still crossed. happens, but, um, Caitlin, you have invited yourself, and therefore yes. you will come. Suck it, everybody else. I'm going. Uh, uh, go ahead, Corey. What's your I was going to say your wedding day. Probably no. I won't. It was say a cool that. day, I'll though. Be more interesting. It was a fun day. Uh, I'll say. You know what? I'll say first. First day of the honeymoon, we were in Hawaii. Waking up in Hawaii. Uh, we were, you know, cause we're three hours ahead here. So we woke up and watched the sunrise with coffee. Cause we were like California time. I'll say that day. And then we went, uh, we went, uh, oh, what's it called? Not windsurfing, but where you take, you're behind a boat and you're in the air with the, with the parasailing. parachute. Parasailing. 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 We went parasailing. Uh, and wow. yeah, I'd say that was a good day to live over and over again. And then we had a cabana on the beach. So oh. Must be nice. Perfect. Wow. Oh man, so far two for two right, of it, not in our own houses. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's go, married folk. It's got to uh, be on a beach somewhere. So I'm the I'm the it's next be married fraternity. folk. I better yes, be comfortable. Yes, you are. What's up, married folk? Um, my my perfect day. I feel like I've had a lot of them because uh, my wife is an amazing travel buddy. You learn a lot in Good a relationship answer. because how you travel together. Oh yeah. Um. My wife is an amazing travel buddy and shout out to your wife. What does she do? Uh, what can we all learn? Tips for being a good travel buddy. Well, I mean, I think it's just we apply what we know in in marriage of like most of the time, I, I call it the nine out of ten rule. Nine out of ten times you're not angry about the thing you think that you're angry about. And so when you're traveling, <laughs> when you're traveling Pretty accurate. And especially in a relationship, so you have to be very mindful of like, I'm really pissed off right now. Well, A stop and go, you know what? I'm just hungry. Or I'm tired, or whatever, or I'm in pain because I've been walking. Eight times out of ten, it's because you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so angry. like traveling, we're just like. So there's been times where we've been like so angry, and then we're like, we're just really hungry right now. We huh? should grab a burger. <laughs> we should like in uh, one day in Paris, we we didn't have like any plans. We didn't have any plans, and we said, you know what? Let's just grab the guidebook, and let's just fuck off, and let's just find. Let's just go go to the next thing. Let's go to the next thing whatever and no real plans just like that looks fun let's go over there and when we got hungry we stopped when we were like oh i wonder what that is let's go check it out and it was just it was it was was just a fun day it was just a fun fun day tom i respect that or caitlin love it ladies first oh okay um the the most kind of magical day that i remember in recent history is I was traveling with my mom. She's an elementary school music teacher. Shout out to and she got a grant to study Japanese folk music. Mm, so cool. we wow. traveled for six weeks from the complete north to the complete south of Japan. And um, we decided to take a day with just the two of us. And we went to um, Hakone, which is like at the base of Mount Fuji. And we Ooh. got lost on these. We went the wrong way. Basically, mm-hmm. like there was a straight path to go to Hakone and then there's like going around the other side of the mountain. That's the way we took. Um, and we were on all these like the switchback train that like goes kind of zigzag up the back of a mountain. And 
And uh, we ended up being on this boat uh, that goes around this like beautiful curve with a, a nice. shrine and surrounded by trees and fishing boats and everything. And I'll, I'll never forget going on that switchback train because it was hydrangea season. Oh. Um, and we were out in the middle of kind of nowhere. And, but there were all these like we were coming out of these very like Ghibli-esque mm. um, mossy nice. like like train tunnels and then you come out and then the sun was like coming down beautifully on all these different colored hydrangeas and just like it smelled so sweet and it was so like you had the like bump and creak of the train and um, nice and then it was dream. just the, the nature and I, I think that was one of those times where I really like connected with my mom and like what I personally like in my life. So that was like a very, very perfect day for me, I think. I love that. So good. Yeah. Good I'm not going to follow up with that. What the yeah. heck? Sorry, I was trying to have you go first, but you did the ladies also, first thing. So um, here you go. Yeah. Beat an entire Studio Ghibli film. Does it, yeah. does it have yeah, to have luck. happened? Did the perfect day happen or is it going to happen? That's Ooh. the question, you, you, right? If you want to switch it up so you can I'm have a better waiting. answer, you well, go for it. No, because I'm thinking about it because it's like, you know, is the perfect day the one that you would strive for is it, or is it, you know, behind you? Um, it doesn't mean you can't have better good days as well. But in my mind, like when I think about like, quote unquote, really, really good days I've had, but what I would think is the best day is in all honesty, like finishing up a project, a creative project, mm -hmm. whether it's a film that I wrote and directed or, you know, working on something that we've done with a podcast, some kind of sense. Obviously, I'm married to the woman of my dreams and she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And then she puts her hand on my shoulder and says, you never have to work a day in your life again. And I'll just be so validated. I'm just like, all the pain. Be so bored. Well, no, yeah. but then I would honestly look back and you say, do but I still want to continue working. You know what I mean? Like so the, the idea that you don't have to, but then okay. you still choose to because right. it's what you love. You know, you love a cathartic you don't, moment. You don't just make things. You, Wait, your wife is a sugar mama? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Hey, if she makes, you, you know, an Amazon and makes $13 like, billion worry, baby, a day, I'm okay you. with that. But also, I'd be like, hey, girl, I want to make sure you don't have to work if you don't want to. But if I want, you know, I mean, like, but that's the kind yeah. of thing where it's just like the working Here's really hard allowance. and then go the, buy a smoothie. The yeah, validation at the very end of the day of just kind of like, you did a really good thing and you don't have to work anymore. And you're just like, I can rest finally. That that sounds so like I know you're a big Batman fan. I feel like that's you want what Bruce Batman Wayne wants, wants, where yeah. it's like all the crime is finally gone you're and done. you can go I'm the the done. eternal internal rest. and external and eternal battles have have ended. <laughs> yeah. And they've all been won. There's no more battles to fight. But I mean, in all honesty, like what Beck was saying, it's like I don't want to be bored, but it's just kinda like you don't have to fight anymore. You're you're done. Like it's right. good. You you don't have anything to prove. You know, you know, like everything. You're saying separate. you just want to be able to work out a passion, not, not out of like, survival. Yeah, out of survival. Where, <laughs> Got yeah. you. you know, right. I respect freedom. That. I think I'm a simple yeah. guy. You know. Yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> I respect but. that. Every we all, except for Tom, chose <laughs> vacations and escape from our we normal did. lives, which is interesting because. You know, when you think about what is happiness, I think it's the act of accomplishing things. As you said, Tom, finishing a project. And yet none of us picked that as our perfect day. It was a day where we didn't feel like we had to do anything except maybe go for a walk in a nice place. Yeah. I mean, it breaks up the monotony of day to day, right? Those are the things that stand mm -hmm. out to us. Like being on a beach in Hawaii will always, I'll remember more than that time I drove to In-N-Out Burger with a bunch of friends. Like it was fun, but that beach was so memorable. <laughs> I think it's a perspective shift. 
Like mm-hmm. not being in something that's your normal surroundings. Cause like sure. I, I could give a very long winded answer of why that, that wasn't long was so before important to me. No, I could go on for a long time. Um, I, I think you're right, Caitlin. But but I think it's I think just you need a to start a meditation podcast where you just describe your your <laughs> travels with your mom. I dream, yes. <laughs> very soothing. Yes, I know. I have it that, was. that voice. Yeah. It was a very soothing voice. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I think it's just a perspective shift. Like you finally get a you get that it's kind of a cathartic breakaway from from the normal hustle and bustle. Like Tom's is project based, but I I feel like they're kind of the same thing. You just want that cathartic release mm-hmm. of like here's my normal and then here's like a departure. And, and I think, I think I we're it. all saying the same thing, but they come in different packages. Yeah, my, mine just happens at the moment that I can actually do the things that you guys did. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now I can settle down. Now I can. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, Becca, um, thank you so yeah. much for your time. I mean, now this is, is a the, blast. Now is the shameless plug time. What would you like the nerd on family to check out? Oh, no big deal. Where do I start? Let me get my list. No. Um, actually, I would love if they want to find me on YouTube. I have created a channel called Good Time Society. And yeah. there I post sometimes weird comedy videos, uh, but mostly board game tutorial videos. And we'll see what else. I, I post some of my uh, Twitch streams and stuff there. So that's Good Time Society. I have a podcast called To Boldly Watch, where um, me and some buddies rewatch Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you had Jonathan Briggs on the show, so of course that mm-hmm. was the one I clicked on to <laughs> get a flavor for oh, yeah. what you guys are up to. Um, it was very exciting. Uh, so, you know, watch along with us there. We're still in season one at about episode 18, so we're chugging along and loving it. And then, um, yeah, I'm on everything at the Becca Scott. So please uh, give me a follow if uh, if you can tolerate I me. I recommend the Go Twitch. Check her out. I have She's one question. Cool. Um, where did a uh, good time society name come from? Uh, brainstorming for a really, really long time with right. my friend who, uh, <laughs> helps me write the scripts. He's, uh, sort of my partner in it, in the business. And, uh, and we kept shooting down each other's favorite ideas. I want to call it game teach. Mm. I thought it was so cool. I'm, I'm your game teach. He was like, no, we're not going to call it that. And the first video we shot, I kept calling myself game teach in the intro. And then we changed the name and he's like, now we're stuck with this. I told you to do a safety and you refuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, second account, second um, account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just like society. There's a, a board game company called Monocle Society. And I kind of like that. Mm. Ooh, secret society vibe. Plus, uh, we're just here for a good time. So, you know, it didn't come from anything in particular, except for uh, looking really hard for a name that wasn't already taken. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Getting harder and harder to do. Awesome. It really time is. goes on. <laughs> But, uh, thank, thank you, you so much, much for yeah. uh, spending time with us. I feel like I have four new best friends, guys. Aww. Oh, yay. Well, now we're going to go to all your re-weddings. I'm, we're going to have to pull you in for all yep. of our films that I'm we're shooting. I'm just going to be a third yeah, wheel, we're all gonna go it's just you and your husband. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm I got the I'm just looking forward to the Magic the Gathering <laughs> playing oh. online. It's going to oh. happen someday. Yes, let's do it. All right. Fun. Thanks, guys. It's been such a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Bye. That was Awesome. That was a we wonderful. We have a new friend. It's it's official. It is official. Yeah, we We're do. going she to already, weddings. She just followed us on Twitter. Yay. Nice. Oh, nice. Nice. And I followed her back immediately. Good. That's why I was <laughs> Send my her phone. my scripts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this interview. We certainly did. It was 
It's so much fun to get to talk to our guest about something that they are a nerd of. It's one of my favorite things about this show. Um, but yeah, do stop by, rate and review us wherever you listen. If you are new Please. to Nerd On, uh, check out our website. Please. Nerd- Please. <laughs> Please rate us. It's all Please. I'm asking for. Also, also it, it really helps a lot and it makes us feel warm and fuzzy. We cause... rate so many things for you. Could you just rate us? <laughs> Whether wow. you out of five stars? About the desperation me or on this about is nerd on. Just rate. God. <laughs> We're fine. Everything's fine. Just makes us feel nice. That's we'll awesome. end the shutdown if you rate us. Wow. No, no we Don't can't make, make those promises. So that. nope. that's anyway. a fucking lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Do share us with your friends, your family, on all of the socials and all that jazz. Uh, As I said at the top, please do consider joining the Nerd On Nation. It does allow us to grow and to be the best that we can be. Uh, That is nerdon.io backslash Patreon. And do check out that Discord. It is hopping. There are so many members now and it keeps growing and I love it. Nerdon.io backslash Discord. I'm trying to do the backslash Patreon. Maybe Julie can put it here. Is that the no. wrong way? Would it be it this is, way? Yes. Patreon. Julie's like, why are you giving me work, Corey? Backslash why are you giving me work, Patreon. Huh? Huh? <laughs> She's going to do just, <laughs> just turn off his Just turn off his feet at this point. He's going to put a little poop emoji in front of your face. <laughs> yeah. Okay, everybody at home. I'm just thank holding you. still for it. <laughs> holding still for the poop. Well, on that note, you know the drill. As always, nerd on. Ending broadcast.